Welcome. Welcome, friends. Welcome back if you are an old-time listener, and welcome if you're brand new. We're excited to have you here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call ourselves the Playmakers. If you did not know that, it sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. We just love our community so much. You guys are seriously the best, and you constantly amaze us with how genuine you are and how sweet you are in our messages, and we're excited to meet some of you in person this winter. Yeah, it'll be so cool. We are traveling to Memphis for the bowl game. So we're excited because that is coming up. And I I mean, we sent that message or put it on our Instagram. And I feel like some people, you know, responded super quick. And so we're going to meet some new faces in Memphis, which will be really cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. We always love to meet you guys. We've actually met a few of the people on our community, in our community here in Starkville. And we're actually going out tonight with Mm -hmm. a couple of them. So we love to just meet you guys. And honestly, even more than that, we love to introduce you to other fellow wives, girlfriends, significant others in the industry. So if you ever move to a location, hopefully you have a friend there. Yeah, and we are just wanting to touch base on the question box that we always put on our Instagram. So whenever we do a community check-in, I know that I touched a little bit on it on Instagram, but we do answer those questions and we answer the community check-in because we honestly, truly do want to know how you're doing. Mm-hmm. We do. And like we just said, we like to check in on you. We like to make sure you're okay. We like to be able to be a listening ear if you need somebody to vent to and if we can share any kind of insight that we've gained from either our journey or other significant others we would love to just pass that along to you so never feel scared or uncertain to message us or to respond to those question boxes because we just love to learn more about you yeah I I got one of the responses and I was reading and she said you know oh my gosh I can't believe I got a response I'm like yeah girl that's what we're here for (laughs) that's what the whole thing's here for so upcoming um, we know that everyone's going to start traveling so we have some car and plane tips coming but what is your number one what would you say your number one air tip would be well I just like to have everything organized before I walk into TSA like I feel really confident in knowing all of the steps I take for that so I am TSA pre-check I would definitely highly recommend that's my number one tip is Mm -hmm. getting TSA pre because it's literally the best thing ever but just having like all of your stuff out of your pockets before you even walk towards the TSA line because nothing drives me crazier than when people are like oh what do you have to do yeah (laughs) and I get it if it's your first time flying but like that's that's my one tip for packing I roll all of my stuff and put underwear and socks in your shoes boots those type of things to keep them out of the way oh that's a good one if you pack hats like Brittany and I love our flat brim hats and to keep them in their shape you could stuff your clothes that you roll to keep the hats shaped so I learned that really quickly too TSA pre-check though is 100% worth it so if you do not have it you need to get get it because it's the best (laughs) it's the best I don't know how I ever flew before without it so yeah, definitely it, worth it. It's easy. You just find um, you could Google and look up a office that does like appointments. You walk in, it takes like five minutes. And so highly yeah. suggest doing it. And for the the car trips, road trips. So I drive a lot. Yes. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I drive a lot. Renny's always like, you're crazy. I don't get it. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I know. I know. There was a stint where I was driving like eight hours to Texas back and forth for a while. And you're going again. I am. I'm going again <laughs> on. 
<laughs> in like a week. And so I think that my number one tip for the car is I hate stopping. And I know if you have kids, it's totally different. But even with kids, I feel like packing snacks and food ahead of the time instead of just like pulling off in a drive through and like getting junk food. If that's your deal, good for you. Like <laughs> go you. But for me, I like to have all my snacks, everything that I like pre-packed, put in the car. And then I also, I shared this on stories a while back on Instagram, but I like to have all my clothes on hangers and put them in trash bags like hooked over because then when you get out, you just hang them up and it's super easy. That's so smart when you're driving. How many times do you stop to like go to the bathroom on like an eight hour trip? You're going to think I'm crazy. Yeah. What? One? Yeah. One. One time. Yeah. And it's the same gas station every single time. And it's in... So do you not drink water then while you're driving? No, I do. I don't know what's up with like my blood or it just... (laughs) It just works, you know? I feel like I have to go every two hours. Really? I'm like a child. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel bad for Chip because I literally am like, it's the same gas station. It's in Monroe, Monroe, Louisiana, yeah. like where the Duck Dynasty people are. And it's so funny because when we stop, Chip knows that like, okay, I get to get out and it's, you know, freedom. So how many I, times do you have to get gas? Just once, actually. Yeah. What? My SUV. Yeah. Wow. That's go pretty forward. good. Go forward. Woohoo. So you yeah. do one stop. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drew's sister, we like did a trip with them and like his parents or his mom and his sister and she's got two little kids and we weren't going that far, like probably from Austin to there is probably like three and a half, four hours. Mm -hmm. And her kids had to pee so bad. Everybody in the car had to pee, but she wouldn't (laughs) let them stop. So she was like, nope, no stops on the way here. Like we're going straight and everybody's going to deal with it. So then they were like, about to pee their pants by the time they got to the house they're like keep the door open we're gonna run in and I'm like okay this is ridiculous she's like well if we get out it's just a whole process it adds a couple hours on yeah but if Drew didn't let me stop to go to the bathroom I think we'd have some issues yeah we might break up we'd have yeah. issues Carson's always like Ashley we can stop more than once I'm like no and then I also don't like I'm getting on a little bit of a rampage here but I don't like when we say we're gonna leave at like six in the morning or whatever to drive and he's like taking his time to get out the door and it's like 5 55 in the morning i'm like we should be going like oh it is gosh. time so you would hate going on a road trip with me then <laughs> don't invite me on a road trip because i'm like oh it's fine we'll leave by six this is a good trick for yourself too if you're like me i always tell myself i'm gonna leave at a certain time knowing that i have a buffer of about 30 minutes uh-huh. so i'm like okay i'm gonna be out the door by nine but really to realistically make it there i need to be out by like 9 30. so you like lie to yourself yeah i lie to I, myself you know whatever works honestly yeah it works I think I think (laughs) (laughs) I think that you know it's just everyone has their own packing and traveling to do's and I will say coming up with the traveling Brittany and I have decided that we're going to take the two weeks at the end of the year and just not release anything new but it'll give you guys a chance to catch up on our episodes that we've already had posted yes so this is our last episode of 2021 so Mm -hmm. soak it on up and make sure that you go back and listen to other episodes if you haven't done so already. We will be creating an episode roadmap that we will be posting on Instagram. So make sure to check that out if you have any questions on if we've done any episodes before. And we've definitely heard your suggestions as well for future episodes. So don't think that we're ignoring you. We just haven't gotten to that point yet that we're going to be scheduling out some new episodes coming in 2022. 
Yeah, in this episode today, we're talking with Christy Bowen, and man, what a wild ride they've had. Yeah, oh my gosh. (laughs) She was so sweet, though. She was honestly so, so sweet. You knew her from previous school. You guys were at Kansas together, Mm -hmm. and she took her boys back and forth from Kansas to UNT and back again, and we were just like in awe of everything that she has done over the years but just honestly the the most inspiring thing was just how calm she was and how laissez-faire she was Ooh, yeah that was a good one I know. yeah yeah she does do a really good job when we talk to her about parenting you guys will see that everything that she does she incorporates her kids in that decision so you'll hear her kind of talk on that and how important it is that as you're taking your kids through the sports industry and like you know raising them and having them go through uh, the lifestyle that the tips and tricks that she provides in order to make it a little bit easier on everyone in the household. Yes, so she is definitely one to listen to for all of our mamas out there, and we hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll see you on the other side. It is our favorite time of the week. We wanted to dive into parenting and kind of just with this lifestyle, everything about it is so tough when it comes to transitions with young ones, especially when you're moving all around and the season is always up in the air. So we brought on one of my good friends here, Christy, and she's going to introduce herself in a second, but we kind of go a little bit back. I think it was almost three years ago. uh, We were in Kansas together at the same time. We have both been multiple places since, but she was one of the very first people that I met in Lawrence with open and welcoming arms, telling me all about the town. And so her story is very unique. And so I'm going to toss it on over to her and just let her get going and introduce herself. Okay. Hi. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. You guys are so adorable. I love all of your reels. Everybody, I know that's what everybody has to say. So as Ashley mentioned, I am Christy Bowen and I did meet her at the University of Kansas where pretty much a lot of people know my husband as the mayor of Kansas, Lawrence anyway. My husband, Clint Bowen, coached at Kansas for I should have done the math on this, actually. I thought about it, but for a lot of years, um, we, <laughs> yeah. we survived lots of coaching changes and we both are Jayhawks. So it's also our home. I consider it my hometown, but it's legitimately Clint's hometown. So we do have kind of an unusual football coaching journey for sure. Where did you guys go from Kansas? Where were you at after that? Or have you been at Kansas this whole time? Okay. So our journey includes me meeting Clint the very first night I ever went out in Lawrence, Kansas, when I went to the University of Kansas. And he was a graduate assistant when I met him. And then we coached for several years. I don't even know how many years. Honestly, I forget how many years. Once you have children, I feel like I lose brain cells. So I forget. (laughs) But so we coached at Kansas for what seems like an eternity, a really long time, because obviously we know that in the world of coaching, that doesn't happen. But we were through an amazing era with coach Mangino. It was incredible. And then after everything ended at Kansas, we went to Western Kentucky for one year. And then we went to the University of North Texas for one year, came back to Kansas for three or four years, right? Ashley's nodding. So I'm going to take her word for it. (laughs) Um, And then we went back to the University of North Texas for one more year. And then we are back in Kansas, but this time not at the University of Kansas. We are actually, my husband is the head coach at Lawrence High School, which is also his high school. 
that he oh, played uh-huh. at, as well as his entire family, his father and his brothers and everybody. That is so yeah. cool. That is so rare. I yes. feel like. It felt like to me, like hearing your story, I felt like Lawrence was a magnet. Like every time that you guys <laughs> tried to leave, <laughs> it was like, nope, back you go, back you go. And so I think those that, uh, yes. that are listening that have never been to Lawrence, it is such a unique town and it, it is so cool for a college experience. So if you ever get the chance, y'all need to go there. But I want to talk about having two boys. They're actually in high school, both of them, correct? Yes, that's correct. So Baylor is a senior and Banks is a freshman. Yes. Okay. So they have been through quite a number of transitions. So I will say that it's been kind of cool to see that they have been able to return back to their home. But what was that like? Where were you when you first had the boys and then through the transitions? What was that kind of like? So obviously my boys were born Jayhawks. They will always be Jayhawks. I don't (laughs) care where they go to school. Um, Although I did just today say that Baylor is officially enrolled at KU. So that's pretty exciting. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's where he's going to go, but you know, we can always hope. So obviously the boys were born in Lawrence, Kansas, and we were here for a, a very long time. So when we moved to Western Kentucky, Baylor was in kindergarten. And Banks was a toddler, obviously. And it's always a transition. It's always difficult, but I will never forget one of my favorite wives. And I know that she listens to you and she's going to hear this, but Stephanie Quattaro, her husband was our offensive coordinator. And she gave me the best advice that I tell every mom that's ever concerned about moving. But she basically said, just anytime you move, make sure your kids feel like it's an adventure and it's an exciting adventure. Just Mm. focus on all the fun, you know? So when we went to Western Kentucky, I remember Baylor and Banks, obviously boys love cars and trucks and trains and everything. And so we basically were moving where the Corvette Museum was. So we just said, we're moving to the Corvette Museum. (laughs) So right beside our house that we found to rent, there was a go-kart park. And so I would just basically, that's all we talked about is that we're going to ride go-karts. We're going to go see the Corvettes and that's it. I don't really remember anything else about the transition except telling them that they were young. And I feel like when they're young, it's much easier, you know, cause it's just fun. Right. And again, coaching is one of those things that I feel like kids are really blessed to experience. To be honest, they get the opportunity to travel and to experience new states, new cultures, bowl games. Are you kidding? <laughs> the best vacation ever. <laughs> so I just feel like they're, they're just lucky to get to experience all of that, the journey that's in- included in it. So as they get older, obviously, definitely gets harder. So I think our journey specifically, the reason it played out the way it did is because obviously my husband had a strong and continues to has a strong passion for the University of Kansas. We're both Jayhawks and we love it here and it's home for us. So he was very lucky to be able to go through coaching changes. I think based on, obviously I'm going to say his talent and his skill level, but also because of his familiarity and his passion for the university and And I think coaches understood that he was going to be able to connect to players and kind of help with the transition sometimes with current players, you know, that coaching change is always difficult on kids, even though they're college age, they're kids. So I think our journey was really based on the fact that our family was here. So we had opportunities, you know, there was always chatter and people would, oh, Clint's going to leave and go somewhere else. But I think the, the fact that we were able to raise our family with their grandparents and live in our hometowns 
and know that I could drive two hours to see all of my family and everybody was always together for holidays. I hate to say that there's not a lot of coaches families that get to experience that, you know, it's a lot more difficult. So I think that our journey was really set because of the decisions that Clint made for his career based on the fact that we had a really stable family environment being able to live in our hometown. Yeah, I love that. I love that you guys had the opportunity to, first of all, be at your alma mater and be there. That's really cool. And then also have like your family around close. That's, that is very unique. And I think the, the interesting part about that is all the staff changes. So having all these staffs Mm -hmm. come in and out and all these kids and wives and families and things like that, constantly changing around your kids. How did you handle talking to them about that? I just think, again, coaches, kids, they have this incredible opportunity and journey that they get to live, right? So I would always basically explain to them, these are new family, but this, I just think everybody is a family. And when you come into Lawrence, any town, really, if you've already been there, you have the ability to help new families feel at home. And, you know, I was always the wife, Ashley will attest to this, that I know the med spa to go to. I know the hairstylist to go to because I've been here for so long. So I loved sharing that. And I think that my boys loved sharing that this is their hometown and this is where they grew up and they were raised in the Jayhawk locker room, basically. So their enthusiasm is always going to play out with, you know, new kids that are moving into our area. But I think that's also just something to be said for why coaches kids also are so resilient because they're always faced with change. And I think that it's crazy to say, but I don't think there's one single coach's kid that I've ever met that isn't full out amazing because they are so resilient and they've been faced with such transition that they're more courageous. They're braver to meet new people. They're braver to handle change. And so I just think that's an amazing opportunity for your kids. And they're always coaches. Kids are always such strong, well-rounded kids. Some of my closest friends, actually, since we've been back, have just said how your boys are so interactive with adults. You know, Baylor will go up to my friends and their and her husband at dinner if I'm not there. And they'll always say, that's always amazing to me. I don't think teenagers are like that. Mm-hmm. And I really think that has to do with the fact that there's just always been so many people that come and go and in and out of your life. And they're not afraid to meet strangers. And of course, when they're young, you know, we say, oh, this is coach Mangino. When he walks in, you put your hand out and you shake his hand. This is, you know, so (laughs) I mean, over the years, you meet all these big names that I, your kids think obviously they're celebrities, you know? So I think that just makes such a powerful impact on kids and especially as they grow up in this career. Yeah. I, I love all that you said, because it's true. Most coaches, kids, they go through more moves and transitions in a lifetime than most, than most ever, ever experience. And so we completely agree with that. There's some type of maturity or the way that they carry themselves mm-hmm. because that's what they've had to do. It's almost like a survival mode, but for social skills. And I think Absolutely. that's super neat that they get to have that. So when Clint came home and he looked you in the face and he said, Hey, I'm thinking about you and T and you've already been there and your kids are about to both be 
in high school at the same time, what did you say? You were like, okay, or what, what kind of went through your mind when you were thinking about that? I get asked that often. So I will say that I'm kind of one of those people, Ashley will attest to this. I'm a cup half full girl, right? So I always think that there's a reason things are happening and that God always has a plan. I also am easy to make friends. (laughs) I just like new people. I feel like my kids, again, they usually make friends pretty easy. So we had already made friends at UNT 10 years prior and kind of a funny story and I'll try to keep it short, but basically one of our neighbors, we became really good friends with. They had two girls, our boys played together, obviously in the block, whatnot. Even after we moved back to Kansas, after leaving UNT, we stayed really good friends with them and actually vacationed every summer with this family in Florida. We even went on a couple of cruises, just always vacation. We just really connected with them. So 10 years later, (laughs) we have this opportunity. Obviously, that's what you think about. You think, oh my gosh, well, our friends are there and we already know people. And coincidentally, two years prior to us getting the second opportunity to go back, that same family that we were vacationing with in Florida brought three or four other families from the same area that we were all living in Texas. Argyle, Texas is where we live. So they brought these families and Baylor, my oldest, became really good friends with one of their daughters who is his same age. And when they met in Florida, first of all, she's gorgeous. So Baylor instantly became friends, right? So (laughs) over those two years, because of Snapchat and social media, they became friends and stayed in contact. So when the opportunity came up to move, obviously he said, I want to tell Maggie that we might be moving. And coincidentally, not only is this girl beautiful, but she has the heart of gold. And so she started a couple of private Snapchat groups with Baylor and all these football players and said, this is my friend Baylor. He lives in Kansas and they're going to be moving to Argyle. So he instantly had this group of friends to where when we went to house hunt, my girlfriend that I was telling you that we vacationed together, sent me a picture from the basketball game of the student section. And both my boys were in the student section. And she said, y'all are going to be just fine. You know? So obviously for a mama, that makes my heart a little bit happier. Again, the The journey is very unusual because when you go back, you have friends and UNT is a phenomenal college. Their program is amazing. I mean, they just turned their season around this year. There were still people there that were working that we knew prior. The facilities are amazing. You just know that it's, it's a good opportunity. And then when you're going back to a familiar town that you've already lived in schools that you know are good, I mean, it's an easy transition. So honestly, my boys were so excited. I know your next question is going to be coming back. (laughs) Right. So then a year later, (laughs) not by choice, obviously, which is never fun. But then when you're coming back, if you have the opportunity, all of our moves have incorporated our boys' opinions, not that they have a say in what job you're getting, but we are very open with them. And this particular move going from Argyle back to Kansas, my husband just asked Baylor, where do you want to you know, where do you want to go to high school for your senior year? Because we knew that that's important to him. And it was not an easy decision because even with the pandemic, my boys made incredible friends. Argyle is like, I always call it this little bubble that you live in there. It's this crazy, awesome football packed town. I mean, Texas football Mecca, obviously, but Baylor won a state championship in football, a state championship in basketball. 
his junior year. And so to make that decision, do you stay or do you go back to your hometown where you can graduate with the friends that you went to kindergarten with? You know, we kind of let him make that decision and he chose to move back home. So at that point, we just knew that's what we were going to do. And we were going to make it work. I guess my question, and I guess this is a selfish question. I don't have kids yet. So I I will probably change my mind when I have children, but (laughs) when you get to that point and you're like having your kid make this decision and maybe he said, you know what? I want to stay here. What was your thought process like? Because that also affects you. Like you would have to be going back and forth and be away from your husband. So how did you kind of process that transition as well? I know it sounds so crazy, but literally I would have been fine with whatever decision we made. I loved it there. I love the people there. I don't know if it was the pandemic. I don't know really what did it, but truly we felt settled within a year. You know, when you talk about transitioning and, you know, getting fired and how miserable it is, it's one of those situations where I, at that moment, I felt like it was the first time in our whole coaching career that I'd kind of forgotten that we were football coaches, you know, that this is what could happen, right? We're all going through it right now, right? In college football, everybody sits around this time of year going, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And I wasn't. And so I think that's why we were so gut punched with the whole situation and a pandemic. And oh my gosh, I forgot because we were so comfortable. And so I honestly, I mean, again, you say selfish, selfishly, I would have, I would have stayed there. I would have come here. I mean, either way, because I just, I love both places, honestly. I just think about parents that have asked questions on our podcast. It's just this conversation and it causes so much tension. I feel like when you don't know if you're going to be fired or hired or you're moving or you're not, and we we always know that this period is like unknown for all of us in the football world. I think that mm-hmm. it's hard, especially when it's public news. And so with your kids going through so many staff transitions, I'm sure at school, somebody's dad said something to their kid. And so have you ever had it to where the kids at school are giving your sons information about stuff that's not even accurate? <laughs> oh, yes. Multiple times. I mean, I don't even know exactly how many coaches we went through here so often. (laughs) And again, it's just one of those things that I feel like, you know, as your kids grow up and they mature and it happens year after year after year, I want to say they almost become immune to it because they know by us saying people don't know, people are going to say what they think they know. And, you know, my gosh, people would say in the stands all the time, you know, your dad should be fired. I mean, not that it didn't affect them, but I really just think that they learned how to handle it because of so many years of transition. So for sure, I think that that's very difficult on kids. And I do think that, again, the blessed side of being a coach's kid also comes with the fact that, you know, you're in the spotlight forever. I tease my boys all the time as teenagers now saying, you can't get away with anything because we know everybody. And I guess it's a blessing in disguise for myself, but for them, sometimes, you know, it's not so fun. (laughs) And so is your husband coaching your oldest or your youngest at football now or? Yes. So, um, Baylor was a senior and my husband definitely was coaching him. And then my freshman, we obviously have freshman coaches that were awesome, but Clint, you know, assisted sometimes on the sidelines or whatever. And then Banks, my youngest, my freshman was able to suit up and play a little JV and during playoffs suited up with varsity to kind of experience that. So yeah, I pretty much feel like I'm living the dream because (laughs) 
I mean, my husband yeah. is out there. I had my senior out there, my freshman. It's pretty, pretty spectacular. A lot of these coaches don't yeah. get to coach their kids. And that's kind of the, mm-hmm. the downside of being in the coaching industry. If you're in college, you can't see your kids play high school or even, you know, when they're younger playing some of these sports. So I think that's awesome that they were able to come back and have him coach them. That's a really cool experience. Did they have any like issues with that? Was there any like you know, people talking at school or anything like that, because I know that being a coach's kid is tough sometimes with people saying like, oh, well, you get special treatment. You know, honestly, they really haven't mentioned any of that. But I do think that part of that would be due to the fact that we're in our hometown. So again, we, I feel like we know everybody. So it's easiest for stranger to say, oh, Baylor, of course you're, you know, starting wide receiver. Your dad's the coach. But when people know us and know that my husband would not play somebody that wasn't deserving (laughs) of that position, then I think that that makes it easier. And then obviously, you know, he played his freshman and sophomore year, coincidentally at our rival school on the other side of town. So that was a little iffy this season, (laughs) but so they knew that he had played and I'm again, just lucky to have two boys that play football and like to play it. And was it difficult at times? Yes. You know, having all three boys roll in after practice this summer, (laughs) you know, biting each other's heads off, you know, you dropped the ball, you didn't pass the ball, you didn't run the play that I told you to run dad. So yes, but again, I wouldn't trade it in for anything because I would tell people all the time. I just loved every second because I love them. You know, Clint would sit down and pull up the film and say, see, I told you Baylor, get over here. I want to show you this. And, you know, when Baylor's friends come over, you know, they would come in and same thing. They're all sitting around the dining room table. I'd have the quarterback, the tight end there, and they're all mauling over the film. And I just loved it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy to think about. I think it would be hard to turn off coach mode and be dad mode, but then I feel like he's already found that balance. We always laugh because we're like, okay, we have this routine. All of us do like we go to a football game on like a Saturday and then we come home and we watch more football, like a bunch of crazies. Like we can't get enough football. So (laughs) I always laugh because I'm like, I wonder if he like ever separates the coach from the dad, like come home and turn it off, but that's their life. So I'm sure that's a good way that they um, spend time together too. Absolutely. And I will give credit to my husband. He's always been, Ashley, you might remember this, but I'm always the last wife to know anything. I never knew what was going on. I never knew if somebody was injured. I kind of lived in my own little bubble. And so he's just always done a really good job at not bringing all the intenseness home. But obviously this year was a little different because it's right there at my kitchen table. There's two players, three or four players, whatever, but he does a really great job separating it. But I don't know if he ever shuts it off. I'm going to say that. (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit about bowl game time period, since we're kind of getting close to that right now, where we're at Mm -hmm. in football, what did you guys do as a family to kind of make that special or make that unique and different, especially spending Christmas and things like that away from your other family members? If I'm being perfectly honest, I think that bowl games are a great excuse to not have to go to the in-laws. So (laughs) I mean, let's just call it what it is. I mean, I love my in-laws, but when you're trying to separate your own family traditions from your husband's family traditions, and now you have little kids, I loved to be gone for a bowl game because I'm sorry, 
we're at a bowl game. I can't help any of this. And then the same thing when your friends want you to come travel, you know, when the kids were young, they would, you know, you always want to go visit your friends and whatnot. Also, same thing. You're like, well, I can't really travel because I leave the day after Christmas or, you know, whatever it is, the schedule is a little bit more hectic. So I'm not going to lie. I just thought (laughs) selfishly, I get my own little team right here. I don't have to worry about anybody else's traditions. I do know when your kids are younger, obviously with all their traditions, you know, there's certain things that you, you mom guilt. Oh, I'm missing out on doing this or whatnot. But again, I think that it just goes back to what Stephanie said many years ago, just always making sure that your kids are focusing on the positives and the excitement. And I mean, that's the only way I live life because I feel like if you're dwelling on all the negatives, good gracious, you know, so much so far as to when you're moving, I remember, I can't remember who told me, but same thing your kids pick up on. Oh my gosh, I have to pack again and I got to do this. And I, you know, all the negative sides of it that you're constantly dwelling on Well, your kids are hearing that. But if you're, you know, maybe try to just focus on, guess what? We get a purge and we're going to donate some of your toys or we're going to save these. We're going to pack these up because we're going somewhere warmer now or whatever it is, you know, just focusing on all the excitement that's going to keep your kids positive as well. Yeah. I think I should probably start practicing doing that. (laughs) Like, oh yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm packing again. Like I love giving away all your stuff. Yeah. So maybe I should start (laughs) putting that into place. So when I do have children, it just comes naturally. So that is Mm -hmm. great, great advice. I really do appreciate it. And we asked this question, this last question on every single one of our interviews, and I'm really excited to hear your answer, but It could be with parenting. It can be with you individually. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self one thing to help yourself out with your journey that you know now, what would it be? Oh my gosh. So many things. I feel like I could make a list, (laughs) but I think my number one thing is don't worry about the awkwardness because you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. We wives deal with so many awkward moments you know, your best friend on staff got fired, you got fired, somebody chose to leave, somebody chose not to take your husband, you know, all these awkward moments, and you never know what to say. I just wish I could go back and tell myself, who cares, call her, just call her, call every wife, call every woman that's in that circle, because we all feel awkward. And we're all feeling that same all the unusual feelings and we don't even know how to process it, but the only people in your circle that can help you process it are the people that you're worried about reaching out to. (laughs) So if that makes any sense, all I can say is just value all those relationships. I'm so lucky. I feel like all the staffs that I've been on, I'm still friends with so many and just the most incredible people. Even today, I've had two wives I haven't talked to all season from Western Kentucky ask for my address for Christmas cards. It's my favorite thing because then you start talking and catching up and just amazing people that are all over the nation. Love that. I feel like we've never gotten that advice before. So I I love Mm -hmm. that because I think it's important to remember, especially during this time period, like I just said, I think all of us are going through the craziness. And so just ignoring the awkwardness and just being kind to each other is important. Okay. I have actually one more question. Exactly. Give me okay. your top parenting <laughs> tip. <laughs> Give me like number one. This is what comes to mind. Okay. Top parenting tip as far as football or just in general, I'm in just focused on football. Yeah, in life. That's a big question. Yeah. Wow. 
Okay, my top parenting tip is, sounds so cliche, and I don't even know how to zone it in at all, but just truly being open. I have two boys, so you can imagine. Girlfriends, all the crazy drinking, drugs, everything. I mean, I'm in the thick of it right now. So I would just say, I am so lucky to have two boys that I feel like, I know they don't tell me everything, but I feel like because Clint and I are just very open, we're, you know, not afraid to have hard conversations and just talking about all of it, because the more you make things taboo, the more it's awkward. Again, I'm saying awkward again, but (laughs) it's just harder to have those conversations. So just the more you're open and honest and just talk about all of it, because honestly, they've already seen it. I hate to say done it, (laughs) but (laughs) social, social media makes our kids grow up so fast. So, so fast. So I would just say, be so open and honest and just communicate with them all the time. Love it. Love it. People want to find you or reach out and just follow your journey. Where should they Mm -hmm. go on social media to find you? Christy Bowen. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, obviously. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. No, that's great. We just always like to tell our audience where they can find you and so they can keep following your journey. And we appreciate you coming on. And thank you to everyone that's listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season podcast for the latest updates. If you enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time.